Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Julian Morgans, and you're listening to What It Was Like, the show that asks people who have lived through big, dramatic events what it was like. So I was watching a Brad Pitt movie the other day. You might have seen this one. It's called Legends of the Fall, and it's it's kind of one of his earlier ones. As a film, it's okay. But, but the thing that stuck with me was Brad Pitt. I just couldn't stop looking at him. And I think he appears in this movie, he's probably in his late 20s, and he's just so good-looking that it's like it's almost a bit freaky. Like he has this effect where he stands in a room or he stands with the other cast members and they all end up looking just a bit gray and, and two-dimensional because Brad's just so electrifyingly, aggressively handsome. And I got thinking, like, okay, okay, this guy, Brad Pitt, his name is, it's almost like a trademark for male hotness. It's, uh, it's like he's almost a, he's a human cliche in many ways. But, but there was a time when he wasn't like that. There was a time when he was living in Missouri with his Christian family and, and he was studying journalism at the University of Missouri and he decided to drop out and he moved to Hollywood. And this is the bit that I'm interested in because I want to know, was Brad Pitt always so visually mesmerizing that his success was assured? Like when he got to LA, were casting directors just like, yeah, sure, you can be in a movie, any movie you want, just, just choose the movie. Or did Brad have to work at it like everyone else? I guess, really, this to me is a broader question around to what degree can appearance for a person in life be a superpower? Basically, I see this as a, as a conversation around this thing that we call an X factor. And I want to know, do massive stars like Brad Pitt just have it? Are they just born with it? Or 
Or do they have to cultivate it? Is it a learned skill, just like any other learned skill? So I tracked down the casting director who originally discovered Brad Pitt, and this is exactly what we talked about. Her name's Lauren Lloyd, and through her career, she's discovered all sorts of huge stars. Uh, Jessica Elba, Scarlett Johansson, Tom Green, Heath Ledger, Christina Ricci, and countless others. She was the executive vice president at Hollywood Pictures for a bunch of years. Um, She had the same role at TriStar Sony Pictures Entertainment. But back in the mid-80s, she was co-running her own casting agency. And one day, she met a kid named William Bradley Pitt. And this is where our story starts. So I give you Lauren Lloyd. Lauren, thanks for coming on the show. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy you found me. (laughs) (laughs) Great, great. Well, I'm happy you found Brad Pitt. (laughs) Me too. Let's start with how you became a casting director in Hollywood. Um, So I would, you know, for my family, like I would put on little dances or um, or just little shows where I was always telling stories. Um, And then I ended up, uh, you know, I was lucky enough. I grew up in Mount Lebanon, right outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I was lucky enough to have a a theater at the high school there that was so involved. uh, It was very advanced. And I became very enamored of the theater and my desire to have my big face up on that screen, you know, as an actor. Uh, And then I realized, oh, no, not acting, directing. And then, of course... I started in casting and then ended up producing. Um, But no, I wasn't always like, ooh, that's a pretty face. But I was very interested in theater. My family took me to the local, like, Pittsburgh Playhouse. And I loved that. I couldn't believe those people were up there doing that stuff. Um, Yeah. I was interested, I guess, in getting attention and telling stories. I think that's... And I couldn't believe I got into Carnegie Mellon. It was un- it was unreal. And so I was like, well, this is what I'm doing. And um, I, I love it. I loved it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So you, you graduated from Carnegie Mellon mm-hmm. uh, and, and you moved to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And in the mid-'80s, you know, describe your career. Were, were you – was it easy? Was it hard? Were you kind of starting up – Oh, I had a very specific plan. Everything I do has a very specific, unusual plan. This one was, I didn't know anyone, okay? So I thought, well, people, how do I meet successful people in Hollywood? I thought, well, they they drive nice cars, so I'll sell cars. And so I did. I walked down to Room and BMW, which was about almost a mile away from my little hut that I was in my little apartment. I walked (laughs) down every day and I was like, hi guys, I'd like to sell your BMWs. And they would say, but you're a girl. And I would say, yes. And then I'd walk down the next day and say, hey, I'm here to sell cars. I did it for maybe 20 days and I finally would bring them lunch. And then they all laughed and they said, okay, the next person that comes in, you sell them a car. And I said, yeah. And I did. And I sold a little, you know, 320, a little BMW. And that person became my business manager, and we had a great, you know, success together. Uh, his name's Harley Newman, actually. He's maybe the biggest business manager in Hollywood today. Oh, so I discovered him. <laughs> um, he was selling cars. That, yeah, that I was selling a, cars. It's a crazy story. unorthodox way of breaking into Hollywood. Well, all of my stories are like, wait, and then what happened? Um, and so then I, my dad died, right? And I knew I was going to go back to 
Pennsylvania to attend that. And I met um, a guy, uh, Chris Barrett, who was an agent at, oh, I think the Gage Group. And I knew he was going to buy a car, but I wasn't going to be there to s- deliver it to him, to sell it to him. So I gave him um, the prices of what we spend on cars, which is very, you know, illegal or something. Cause, yeah. Because I knew he would be indebted to me that I've given him this great offer. And, um, and he was. He said, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to get in there. I want to get in the business. And he said, well, I have a friend, Linda Francis, who has since passed, um, who's looking for a casting assistant. And I was like, oh, certainly. Yes, I'm very good at that. And so um, he introduced me to Linda Francis. And I said, what kind of a car do you drive? She said, a Peugeot. And I thought, if nothing comes out of this, I'll sell her a BMW. And um, Upgrade. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and she hired me which was, <laughs> I agree uh, so that's literally how I got in there and um, yeah <laughs> okay alright so 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 I guess when 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 Brad Pitt drove into town you mm-hmm. were you were working for Linda no by then I had um, been fired because okay. I um I just was. I was fired a lot. Um, and okay. so I, I thought, okay, I I understand how to do this. So I found, in my opinion, who was also a friend of mine, Gail Levin, who I thought had the most exquisite eye. Um, when I say that, what I mean is not only can she see, you know, talent like a Brad Pitt, of course, but the nuances of different characters and how, that, how you cast a movie to uh, weave that fabric of, talent and energy and faces together. She was just crazy good at it. So I said, you know what? And she was working for Wally Nasita, who then became my producing partner. Um, And I was like, Gail, we have to do this. And she was like, ah, okay. So we took every job we could. And (laughs) one of them was The Dark Side of the Sun. Yeah. So and we were beginners at it. Yeah. But we took every job. So we were working like... Great, like you, eleven o'clock at night. There you are working. Yeah, here I am working. You this are. is a, this is pleasure. This is not this is not work for me. So, <laughs> you guys, you ran a business together. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was your business, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. two of you, yes. right? Yeah. So you were kind yeah. of in you were kind of in startup mode at this point. Like it, mm-hmm. it it's it's fair to say that you didn't have heaps of money. You oh, were, nothing. You were, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so imagining kind of a bit of a shabby office. You know, you were no you office. Were, no office. All right. <laughs> okay, so you've set you've you've set a great scene. Tell yes. me about the day that Brad Pitt walked into your non-office. Okay, well by then, see we ourselves didn't have an office. We would go from office to office. And I'll just set up the the scene just a little bit. Um Yeah, please. From Yugoslavia, um we got the script Dark Side of the Sun, and we're like, are they paying? You know, how, how, who do we have to cast? Just the lead? Okay. So we met the three men who, all, their names were Yuri, Yuri, and Yuri, as I remember. I know that must be their nicknames, because as I look back, it wasn't Yuri. Anyway, and they were very interesting, because there was a slight language ba- barrier, but when in the beginning, I would say, like, good morning. Would you like some coffee? And they'd be like, brandy. And I'd be like, oh, we have to serve them brandy. Okay, I'll go out and get some brandy. Um, anyway, so we, we met people, and it was hard to get exactly what they were looking for because it's like a man who wears leather in the day because his skin is too sensitive to the sun. It was, 
kind of a preposterous idea. Anyway, we're meeting people. We're meeting people. <laughs> this is the plot. But this is the plot, by the way. It's a it's about <laughs> oh, a guy who can't go out in the sun because his skin's really delicate, and he has to what travel to Serbia or some. It's, I don't know something. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. All right. So this kid walks in, you know, Brad Pitt, and I think he had done maybe one or two episodes in a soap opera. And he came in, and he was, what? You know, I was like, Who, did you, who's this kid? And he had, like, shaggy hair, and he was kind of slight, but it was like God walking in. I was like, what? Sit, sit down and talk to me. Um, he had kind of bad skin a little bit, and um, he seemed very calm for being so young. And so... Um, I guess non-experienced. So we read him, and he kind of threw the script down, and he said, like that. <clears throat> you know, because we had read it, and I said, yes, exactly like that. Will you hold for a second, please? So Gail and I walk out, and we're, we're, we're giggling with delight. We're like, who is he? This guy is magnificent. And then I got a little weird. And I said, yeah, but he's he just does TV. Because by then we were... At that stage, we, the people who, in the movie business, we were very, um, uh, we looked down upon television, can I say. It? Right. Know, they yeah. were making all yeah, the yeah. money, but we were making the movies. Yeah, and so right. I remember I said to Gail, um, yeah, but he's, he's a TV actor, you know, and this is a movie. And she said, Lauren, he's a goddamn movie star. And I said, I know. So we said, let's hire him. And we were giggling and we brought him in to meet the three Yuris, and he read for them, and they were like, yes, yes, let's do it. And Brad was so excited. He was like a kid. That I, How old was like he? A, maybe How old was he at that 21 time? 21 or 22. Okay. Um, and that's awfully young for someone to be so united inside. When I say that, I mean for someone so young to be comfortable in their body, okay? Mm. Um, so the, to be intellectually there. Um, so it's kind of a spiritual, intellectual, physical, it's a blending of all that. And there he was, and he was magnificent looking. So um, yeah. when, when, when someone like that walks into a room, you know, you see them, but you feel them. It's almost like every cell in your body is electrified. Does that make sense at all? Yeah, 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 yeah like, it does. No. It does. I mean, yeah. like, all right. I mean, obviously, this is one of the things I want to explore with you. So let's mm -hmm. let's freeze frame this, right? You've mm -hmm. got you got Brad Pitt auditioning for you, mm -hmm. and you look at him. I mean, you said before that it was he. He looked like God had just walked in, right? So <laughs> so obviously, he looked good then. It like mm -hmm. even back then, at the age of twenty one, he looked incredible, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he had kind of like shaggy hair and kind of bad skin, but still, you're like, what? is going on there. You're captivated by it. So I wouldn't say he was, he was almost too pretty. He had very delicate features. He's grown into a much more kind of manly man. He was just quite a beautiful creature. Right. Okay, sure. Yeah. But, but I think, I think something I find interesting is like, this is, he looks this way just because this was the, the role of the genetic dice that, that exactly. his parents gave him. Okay. Mm -hmm. But, but then there's this, this whole other element about mm -hmm. body language, about intelligence, about self-belief. I mean, uh, ha have you in your career found people who are incredibly beautiful like Brad Pitt, but don't have the other stuff or maybe vice versa where, you know, they have the self-belief, but don't have the looks. Oh, okay. So let me unpack that for, for a second. So, um, yeah. 
the belief when you're in that position, um, when you when you go to Hollywood, you have to have that belief no matter what you do. So I want to kind of put that aside. If you don't have that drive because it's so difficult, it's in you. If you don't do it, you'll perish in a way. That's that's literally what you have to come to Hollywood with. You have to be so driven that no matter how many times you get no, you will find a way. And he yep. had that. And so if you're if you're on that trek, you have to have that. So yes, he had it, and here he was, you know, in the room. Um, <clears throat> there's a variety of things. Like yes, he was blessed with an incredible combination of genes, and he looks magnificent. Um, so. There's something about just the person who has that, we'll call it movie star quality, versus someone who's just charismatic, you know, someone who, because you can learn some of that. You can learn eye contact, open body, you know, um, f focus your energy, smile, ask questions. That can lead to charisma. Yeah. But then you've got actors who you're like, okay, well, they look okay. And then when they get in front of the camera, you're like, whoa, because there's that magic between the face and the persona of that person and the camera. Like Demi Moore, for instance. I've made a lot of movies with her. And um, and, I, and I love her. I think she's lovely. And when you see her, she's just like, she's not like, oh my God, you're the most beautiful thing. But when she gets in front of a camera, whatever that magic is between the two, she's electric. And I don't yeah. know how to explain that. And I also don't know how to explain when you're meeting someone, will that happen when they get in front of the camera? Um, and so, let's see here. Also, like, um, let's take Kim Kardashian. You know, I see her uh, photos or see her in whatever, the red carpet. And I think, okay, well, everyone loves her. But when you see her in person and you experience her being, it's magnificent. <laughs> okay. <Is> okay. That... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you're still talking about it, though. Like you're using words around like okay. like magic and, and like these are sort of nebulous kind of dark black magic kind of words like like you're in the in a profession where you need to understand this stuff on a very scientific in, a, in a scientific framework. Yeah? You have to feel it. That's what I believe, and that's where it gets it, a little bit. What see, does it feel like? How it do you feels, know? Um, you're interested. I'll tell you, you know within 10 seconds of someone walking into a room whether this person is interesting or not. You know it. We all know it, you know? Yeah. Um, but you're in a professional situation where, you know, you're, you're supposed to be receiving or receptive as a casting director to what they have to offer. I mean, just to put it in a casting director's point of view, everybody that walks into the room, you hope they're that one that you want for that part, you know? And yes. so you're as excited. Um so when someone walks into a room and you cannot take your eyes off them or you feel it's, okay, well, you know something? It's almost like butterflies. Is that, is that safe to say? You know, when you fall in love, yeah. you get a feeling yeah. of um, exaltation or something. It's not so much what you see because we're always taught, are they beautiful? Are they thin? Are they tall? Is their hair blonde? Um, it's what you don't see and what you feel. It's your instinct. And that is a very hard thing to describe but I think you can liken it to somebody who you are like I don't know I looked at that person and I felt I felt a certain surge of energy yes does yeah. that make sense yeah yeah, yeah. yeah okay yeah it does it does it does I I want to know do you think there's a parallel universe in which Brad Pitt never became a movie star is it is it possible 
to look like that and yet oh, yeah. not succeed? Well, I would imagine because he has that charisma and er, that 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 yeah. he would have succeeded at anything he wanted to do. He could have been a politician and, you know, because he has whatever that magic is, whatever that thing is that people want to be around him. They want to be him. They want to be with him. They want to sleep with him. They want to somehow get that magic. And so wherever he goes, people will feel that. So I would assume that whatever he wanted to do, he could do. Did he know this? I mean, you describe it like it's a superpower. Did he know that he had a superpower? Not then. No. But you know what was so sweet about him that I was like, oh, this kid's going to go on, was that he doesn't think he has a superpower. He was, he was like presenting who he was and very hopeful that he would get what he wanted, which was the role. Um, he had no arrogance. He had no pretense. He came in very much like a, a little, I was going to say a shaggy puppy. He came right in and was just like, this is what I do. <laughs> do you like me? Am I good? Am I? Yeah. Did I do it? And so when you have that kind of humble or that idea that um, this is what I want to do and I'm hoping I'm bringing what you need for me to be able to do what I want to do, which is act. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so he's, he didn't have an arrogance about <laughs> anything, <laughs> about okay. what, how he looked. or And then, you know, you, then you see Brad and takes his shirt off. And you're like, oh, my God, this, he's like, he's magnificent. Do you know what I mean? Everything, he's just a beautiful human, physically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, he's, he's, he's a sort of, uh, like, if you wanted to give some aliens an example of what, like, the, the best <laughs> of our species looks like. Like, this is, this is the best we've got. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth is pretty great, too, as far as the beauty. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's your yeah, guy, he's pretty right? Hot. He's from Australia. He's from Australia. Yeah. Yeah, he's I mean, your guy. We're not friends, but uh, <laughs> hey, Chris, if you're listening, <laughs> come on over. We got. I'm questions. open. I'm open to having a beer. We'll, you know. <laughs> all right. Look, uh, let's let's take this back. So so all right. So uh, you cast Brad Pitt in mm -hmm. in uh, the Dark Side of the Sun, which is a fairly. I mean, I don't think it was released. It it went straight oh. to video or something. Well, there's a crazy story about it because... Um, Tell me the story. Well, I, I, of course, didn't know what was going I mean, there was a war in Yugoslavia, right? Okay. And so they lost the footage. They lost the movie somewhere. Um, and then Reef, or they after the war, they were able to bring it forth. Um, this was three years before Thelma and Louise, by the way, before he did that part. Um, yeah. And I remember I was at home and I was watching Hard Copy. Do you remember that show, Hard Copy? And I saw Brad Pitt, Dark Side of the Sun, and I saw the deal memo with Gail's signature and my signature, and I'm like, what the, what's going on? He tried to buy it back. He tried to buy the film back after he became a star because it's like Thumb and Louise and then ah, Dark yeah. Side of the Sun. Right. So, okay. But he, I don't believe, was successful, and it was released on video. So, yeah. Yeah, okay, it was right. really weird timing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so looking through his filmography, it seems as though the 80s was I mean, it seems as though he went through the struggle that any Hollywood actor does. Like the first couple of years, you show up um I mean, I'll just I'll just quickly read some of the mm -hmm. parts that he's got here listed on Wikipedia. So, uh 1987 there's a there's a show or movie here called Hunk, and he appears at Guy at Beach with Drink. 
No Way Out, Black Tie Party Guest, No Man's Land, (laughs) Waiter, Uh, Less Than Zero, Party Goer, Preppy Guy at Fight. I mean, you know, he went through the usual rite of passage in Hollywood. I want to know, were you there as his manager at that time being like, I think, you know, our investment's going to work. This thing, this, this thing that we're creating together, it's going to pay off. Well, I wasn't managing him. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what, um, do, there was, there's a process in a way that happens in, in Hollywood. You know, it's usually the casting director that discovers someone first and then they're all like, yeah, Brad Pitt. And we all talk. Okay. So there's a, there's a confidence level, excuse me, that grows within that community. Like, oh, I brought him in. He was a good reading. Bring him into the director. So there's an advancement in the, in the network that presents him to, um, directors. So when you look at the directors he worked with, they're all good directors and they're all good shows. So they saw something too. They're like, he belongs in here somewhere. Just put him in there. Do, do you know what I mean? Because got it. Yeah. And the other thing with him, which is super interesting, is that he is so beautiful to look like and look at and on screen that you can't really put him in as a character because he's so handsome. So you have to wait for him to grow into the confidence level that he can lead a movie or take a big role. Does that make sense? Ah, okay, all right, sure. Yeah, it does. So, it does. so you can see he worked with really good. Um, with really good people. And then he got that spectacular role in Thelma and Louise. Um, yes. Was there something before that? I don't, I don't know. Uh, not really. That, okay. was, that was definitely the big one. And, and, I mean, he took off like a rocket after that. And then the thing that we were like, what, in Hollywood was when he did, what was it, seven years in Tibet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were like, oh, wait, he's really, he is a serious actor. We thought he was just like a really good, handsome talented guy with the shirt off and we're like oh he's <laughs> he's really an actor <laughs> you know what i mean because okay. yeah we okay we were saying he's a movie star he's saying and i'm an actor and it, it took us aback for a minute we were like okay we'll prove it and then he did <laughs> so yeah. he's a very good good actor movie star he seems he seems smart is mm-hmm. he smart yeah yeah and he's very um He's also very uh, laid back in a way, very mellow. He allows, I know this may sound weird, he allows things to kind of wash over him in the sense that, um, you know, he's he's centered, yeah, and smart, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so b- before you were talking about this feeling, like this sort of X factor, how it affects you, how you know when, when you're in the presence of someone who's got it. Are you ever wrong? Have you been wrong? No. Never. <laughs> I'll tell you what. The answer would be no. But there's certain things that come. Because when you discover someone, it's like, okay, you have to have a little luck. You have to make sure that the roles are there and your kind of roles. And um, no, the only thing that would have proved me wrong would have been um, if somebody went down the stony end of like drugs or alcohol or they couldn't maintain uh, the pressure of Hollywood. Yeah, got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. But no, I've done a, I did, I found a lot of people. I found Christina Ricci when she was eight years old at a drugstore in Massachusetts. Really? You know? like yeah. She was just buying something and you yeah, saw her, her from across mm-hmm. the room. I was like, who are you, you little rascal? I'm looking for Cher's daughter. 
And she was like, what? And the mom's like, share? So anyway, and she got that part. So, And she wasn't I, an actor at the time. I mean, she was no, eight no, years no. old, so no. Yeah, no. She was just a kid. Yes, and a genius. When, I mean, when, when we would shoot mermaids, her ability to remember lines and also her blocking, like on this line, you pass the fork here. She, it, she was incredible. She was really, really super intelligent and yeah. adorable. Yeah. We're going to take a quick ad break here and we'll be right back with more What It Was Like. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Lauren, you wield you wield a lot of power. Oh. You know? As how how does that affect the relationships that you have with people around you? Oh, well, that's an interesting question. Um, 
When I went to Hollywood, um, I, I think this will answer your question. When I went to Hollywood, I was very um, cl clever. And I'm still clever, I think. But I was clever in the sense that I will figure a way how to get what I want. And I always did, like, you know, selling cars. You know, I knew that was going to, I don't know. Anyway, um, so I became very successful faster or sooner than my peers, okay? And that worried me because then I was like, well, you never really know who's your friend because literally in Hollywood, your friends, you, you don't really know anybody outside of work, which is kind of sad. You just know the people you work with because all you do is work and you want to get ahead, so you spend all your free time with the Hollywood people. That, so it's really all about opportunities, um, and you hope you find people that like you just for you. Um, I remember when I bought my first house, I didn't want to invite anyone over because I thought they would say, well, who do you think you are? Does that sound weird, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah. So then, yes, then then after that, when I was producing, like, a whole bunch of stuff or I was, you know, running a studio or whatever, everywhere I go, I'd go to the dermatologist and she'd hand me, you know, headshots. And I'd be like, ah, oh, nuts. Um, yeah, so, yeah. So, so I didn't really, you know, I, I became a bit isolated and only really hung out with the people in the very beginning who knew me when, so to speak. But the thing that's also interesting is that I've moved here because I want to connect more with my family at this point in my life. And yep. The, and I'll tell you, it's weird. It's okay. I don't know why I'm going down this road here, but it's hard to find friends here in Florida when you they go like, well, what do you what do you do? Well, I produce movies, and they're like, what? Do you know Brad Pitt or whoever? And I'm like, yeah. And they distance themselves. They they don't. So I don't say that anymore. I just say like, you know, I'm just that's that's interesting. What do you what do you mean that they distance themselves? Like because they they physically? think. Well, yeah, they treat me in a different way. They treat me like um, I'm somehow special. Like you're and, intimidating. Yeah, because of who I know, because they think that's so far away from them, which, you know, that Hollywood or whatever is so far away from them, and it is. And I'm pretty unassuming, so when I would be like, la, 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 and they just can't make out, like, wait, what are you doing here? And I'm just like, I'm just living here. You know, I'm still making movies, but it's I'm having trouble, you know, making that connection with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does, does it strike you as odd that, I mean, let's unpack celebrity for a moment. Like in uh, every generation has been obsessed with celebrity. Yes. It just seems to be a facet of our, of our brains. It's our royalty. We, we, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's our royalty. Yeah. Do you feel like you've peeked under that curtain enough that you you don't know, like you've spent time with these people that that the allure isn't there that it's a facade that, that it's a mystique that is that is somehow uh, transparent you know That's interesting because it's it's changed so much um you know years ago when we would see a star or an actor you know there they are big face big screen you know we weren't really seeing stuff on TV so much and we were able to project our wishes and love and desires on them. And so they became very personal to us, you know? And so that's yeah. Yeah. that's kind of, so we feel we personally kind of own it, but it's far away. Um, so uh, it, has, it has changed because the intent back then was to keep celebrity uh, distant and keep yes. that magic. And PR yes. companies, oh my gosh, you know, tons of money to keep their personal lives out of 
the business, you know. And then People Magazine, that seems very significant to me because it was peeking under the the veil of what is a star? What is celebrity? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so then little bits would come out and then that was controlled. But now it's um, it's so different because now everybody can be a star. Anyone can go on TikTok or, you know, or or, you know, Instagram and have these followers. Um, and, and I went down that road, and I'll tell you about that in a second. Um, yeah. And so it's more, it's, it's more about th- the people knowing all about you as kind yes. of a celebrity online. You know, I mean, they, and I think that actually Johnny Depp and the Amber Heard thing put a nail in the coffin of celebrity. Um, and I can't, I'll go into that in a second. But That's um, interesting. Like, what do you mean? Like, too much well, dirty laundry. We, we saw it all. Yeah. And that used to be sacred, like, you know, because we're all screwed up. You know, we all have like crazy secrets or whatever. I know you do, Julian. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And um, and so when that became like the more dirt you can find, the more it was um, interesting, that celebrity case, because it was literally there. There was they were people talking about their relationship they were not celebrities, you know. But then I think the social media pushed it in a way that was kind of anti-Amber, you know, which kind of put the Me Too movement back a bit. But um, yes, yeah. So it became like a popularity thing. But I think it put an end to celebrity in the sense that they're people and they're as damaged or troubled as we are. Yes, and and as human as we are. I yeah, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the other thing is that on some level subconsciously we believe that these people are somehow like proto-human, uh, but but you know they're not like you say they're just as damaged just as insecure. Yeah. They you have... know when we're when we're kids and you know when we're playing in the playground or whatever we know those kids that have that magic. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? All through yeah. our lives, we've seen that, and some of them become those celebrities. But we're geared toward, oh, why is that person? Why does everyone crowd around that person? Why is that person so good at blah blah blah? So there's always people that we kind of admire, and then, you know, and then we project those personalities on this our desire on them on the screen. So it's we're kind of primed to um, be drawn toward toward those magical people, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a thought that's occurred to me. Have you ever seen someone who who cultivated or sort of synthesized this magic? Like they weren't born with it, but they they kind of just faked it. You mean, um, are they the real deal or do they have talent or um, – because there's a lot of stars that get roles and then – but they don't have, you know, great talent. Um, I'm trying to think of – That'd be horrible to say. Um. <laughs> I guess I guess because you're talking about charisma, you're talking about this X factor as though it's essentially inherent to who you are. It's it's either you got it or you don't. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that I bet there's a lot of people, especially in Hollywood, who are busting their ass trying to cultivate this special thing within inside themselves. And surely I've got it. I got it. I, I can make it work. I can pull it out. Have you ever seen that happen? Um. Yeah. Um, I would think. I would think that my instinct would go like, "Hmm," when they when they came in. Um, there are there are a lot of actors that uh, don't have that, 
but they are really good actors. You know what I mean? There's, uh, d does that make sense? So they actually ride on the sense that they're um, becoming another character as opposed to I've got this charisma, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? I'm trying to think of somebody who, um, well, um, who's that Del Rio woman, that singer? What's her name again? I'm the wrong person to ask. Okay. Yes! Lana Del Rey. Um, oh, Lana Del Rey, yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> I could have I, said that. <laughs> you could have. I couldn't I have. I could have. Bob yeah. had to help me. Um, okay. um she was somebody who I think kind of fabricated what she was all about, changed her looks, and but grew into kind of what she wanted to become. I don't even know if this is fair for me to even say this. You know what I mean? I, I'm not sure. Because she's a singer, and I don't really have a space. I know, what, to... I know what you mean, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she certainly got a hell of a lot of, like, lip filler. Um, and then, like... Yeah, she uh, changed... Her... She became yeah. who she wanted to become. And then she started performing that way. I think that... Uh, maybe that's a good example. I don't know. But certainly um, in the acting world, you haven't seen someone with average looks, um, with a sort of um, slumped body language, uh, who <laughs> is obviously a bit insecure. Who you came back five years later and they'd they'd flourished. You didn't. You haven't seen that kind of thing before. I don't know. I I wish you'd asked me that question before. Then I could have thought. Could have thought about it. Um, I can't think of anything about that. I'm sorry. That's all right. That's okay. Let's mm. let's go back to let's go back to your career. Let's go back to I want to know what finding Brad Pitt meant for you professionally. Well, you know, I didn't look at it in a in a way um that I would I was um I didn't look at it in a way of like, oh, that's okay. Well, okay. I didn't look at it then as a casting director of like, oh, that's somehow um currency. For me, Do you, you know what I mean? I was super thrilled that I found this guy. There's a thrill in the creativity of finding someone and bringing them forth and it's going like, look at this guy. Yeah. Um, and I did it with a lot of people, all right? And then I thought, um, I don't want to cast anymore. I want to do something that's more inclusive, you know? And so I thought, produce. And I specifically thought, I can do this because I know these actors, Okay, so I thought, oh, that was the first time I thought I could kind of uh, rope that, those relationships in. And I went specifically to a casting director, Wally Nasita, and she was super, she, she discovered all the people that I had, like from Michelle Pfeiffer, Kevin Costner, she discovered like everybody else. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> and her husband was Rick Nasita, who was one of the founding members of CAA, Creative Artists. So hmm. uh, I was like, she, we're going to know everybody. And so I approached her, and you know, she said, "Yeah, let's do it." And that really, that really catapulted my uh, my career. She was, you know, kind of a decade older than I, and had <clears throat> great relationships. And I was able to utilize them and kind of direct yeah, her as a yeah, heat-seeking yeah. missile. So yeah, so that that was the only time that I. So what what year was that? What year did you sort of get into production work? Well, my first movie, Mermaids, was, I think we made it in the late, I think, 89. Is that when we made it? We shot it, and it came out like a 90 or 88. Okay. Oh. Yeah, right, right. Okay. And then and then just take me across some of the other incredibly, really famous people that you discovered. 
Um, oh, I told you the Christina Ricci. You did, um, yeah. I was casting somebody, shoot, I think for Blake Edwards, and Taya Leone came in from Boston. Yeah, right. And remember Taya? I mean, of course, she's... Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, she got one line. She was like the cute girl third from the left. Because when I saw her, I was like, oh, she's got magic. There's something completely different about her than every other woman that's come in. Um, there was a naturalness, a very relaxed feeling. She wasn't trying to sell me who she was. She was just being there. I don't know how to describe that. Because I noticed yeah. back then, this is just a little side thing, that when I would audition young women, they would come in so clammed out, like hair and the lashes and I'd be like well where are you in there when I would audition a young man he would come in like I'd be like did you just roll out of bed and he was like yeah kind of you know their hair would be crazy they you know yeah. they slept in their clothes but I found that much more uh, able to connect to than all that preparation so when Taya came in she was just like hey it's me yeah so she was good I'm trying to think who else I um oh Jessica Alba's a good one Jessica Alba is a good one yeah. Tell me about Jessica. I was um, an exec at, um, I think it was executive vice president at, was it TriStar or Sony? Um, and I was doing a movie called Idle Hands, and it was, you know, a horror comedy, and I loved the yeah. script. So I was looking for a young woman, like 18, 19, who was sexually aware, let's say, someone who... Um, but wasn't a predator, wasn't like, I'm going to get that guy. You know, somebody who was quite beautiful and very comfortable with who they were. And I met Jessica Alba, and I was like, bingo. Um, I think she had done, I think, an episode of Flipper, I think, maybe in yep. Australia. Um, yep. And she came in and, her, and read, and her reading was, you know, she was young. It wasn't great, so I worked with her, worked with her, because I had to get the approval from the studio to cast her. My my bosses, um, and they, it was very interesting. There, they were like, "Well, is she Caucasian? Is she what is she black?" I was like, "She's everything. That's the point. She's everything <laughs> because that's where we're going. We're all a melting pot. She's beautiful. She's fresh. She's sexy, attractive. She's our person." So I had to work with her again and again, and she got the part, you know. And then that would be another one I could have mined. She's she's um, what's that? Uh, honest. She has a she has a company. I forget what it's called. She's done very well. Jean Smart is somebody who I put in the first movie. Remember her? She, or she's in Hacks. That's a series. That's um, I think she just got a couple of Emmys for it. But I saw her in a play, a tiny play called something at Bluefish Cove, and I was like, "Who's that woman? She's interesting." So she had like one line in a Goldie Hawn movie I cast. I think it was called Protocol. Yeah. Um. Who? And then Tom Green. Oh, yeah, yeah, the comedian, like the MTV guy. <laughs> yes. Well, he, he he was doing some, like, crazy shit on the, you know, and these, these videos were circulating, and I was like, okay, I get it. He makes everybody really uncomfortable, and that's fun. Okay. So anyway, so I did that movie, <laughs> Freddie Got Fingered, you know, which I couldn't believe we got away with that title. That but was, yeah, so. uh, yeah, yeah, that was, a, that was a real hit amongst me and my buddies back in, I think, maybe like 2003. So? Yeah, we love that. Wasn't it something, funny? Yeah, people to this day, they still go backwards man, backwards man, something, something, backwards man. You know, like really? moments from that. Yeah, yeah. And something like the bit where he's like jerking off the horse, like people yeah. still talk about that. Yeah, that was pretty yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty crazy. I have um, a new discovery. Tell me. 
Who do you have? Uh, her name is Rain Spencer. Okay. And everyone's going to hear about her. Um, she's, I don't know, maybe 20 years old. She's actually um, in that series, uh, The Summer I Turned Pretty, for Amazon. And she also just came out in a movie, but she is the real deal. She's a magnificent actress, and you're just like, what is going on over there? Um, anyway, so she's great. I'm going to keep an eye out for her. Yeah, she is. She'll, she's, she's, she's real. Okay, all right. What else can I tell, tell me, you? Have you, yeah. have you ever had, I mean, like, again, to my point, I, I said that you've got this kind of power. Have you ever considered or wondered if, if you could use it on yourself? Like, you, you oh, described I mean, to me, like you described to me before, when you were growing up, you had this interest in theatre. You know, you had an interest in acting, but at a certain point, you abandoned that plan. You wanted to be a director, then you abandoned that plan and became a producer. Mm-hmm. Has it ever occurred to you that, like, you know the ropes? You know, you know how the system works really well these days. Mm-hmm. That you could potentially get yourself into directing. Perhaps you could even become an actress. You know, like you suddenly have these abilities to do these things now. Like, why not? Okay, so I did a little acting, and I was horrible. Okay. Okay? I'm admitting it. I <laughs> cast right. a bunch of Dennis Hopper movies, and, yeah. um, one, and one was called Backtrack. It was with uh, uh, Jodie Foster, and I played her best friend. And I was not good in it. Mm, okay. So, um, you watched, so you watched it back, and you went, it's, uh, this is not the career. It's uh, not going to work. No. Yeah, I don't want to act. And I really don't know how – I don't really – I don't really have a director's eye. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not really drawn to that. I like producing. I like bringing the pieces together. I love developing the story. Yeah. That's, uh, that's what I love. I love finding new writers. I'm doing this new movie now. Um, and the writer started writing the script when she was 17. And so, you oh, know, wow. it's, it's so yeah. fresh and new and young. And it's called Lavella. And um, I got a wonderful writer <clears throat> and a wonderful director. And I'm hoping Rain Spencer will be in it. That's my okay. wish. Uh, yes, my wish. yes, this is good. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, all right. Well, something tells me that she will be in it. Mm-hmm. So, so give, give me a sense of uh, what you're up to now. You're still producing. Uh, you're living between Florida and L.A. Yes. Tell me about your um, life. My life is um, much more about being active instead of reactive because when you're in Hollywood or you're a studio exec or a casting person you're reacting 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 because everybody's coming to you with projects and ideas and thoughts and so um, what I wanted to do was um, come here and and settle into and just make the movies I want that are not going to be and finance them you know myself with the people here in Florida um, I don't want to be told, <laughs> this is me, you know, as a child, I don't want to be told. Yeah, I don't want to be told yeah. who's right for this, what the budget has to be. Um, I just don't want that anymore. I just want to make a beautiful movie and make all decisions based on what makes that movie better. Not yes. like, oh, that person has, you know, five million followers. We must use her or him. I just want to make a the most honest movie I can. So that's what I'm doing right now with this. It's a million-dollar movie. It's called Lavella. Batsheva Guez is my director. Um, Laurel Hassara is the is the writer, and she's the. I met her when she was 17. She's like 23 now. Okay. Um, so anyway, so yes, it, it, that's what I'm doing, and I'm also in the process of with my with Wally Nasita. 
of yep. making my very first movie, Mermaids, into a Broadway musical. Ah, um, yes. This right? sounds amazing. This sounds like a lot of fun. I think so, too. It was a thought that came across. Um, we were like, well, that movie is fun. Mothers, daughters, the music, the, you know, so. Um, and it seems that Sierra is interested in being involved. So that's, you know, we'll see how that goes. Oh, um, uh, yeah. In a big way, in a bigger way, as far as just like, you know, writing music or helping, you know, producing whatever. And more yeah. of an overall. Um, yeah, so those are the two things I'm focused on now Am I, that I'm really focused on um, you know when I was an executive we'd have like 40 projects we're working on and so yeah. I was never you know able to give each one the love and so now I'm only doing projects that I absolutely love and that I will see to the end that's so a those much better two. way to live it yeah. is you, thank you for that it really is it's a well you have a lot of time to think though too like how you doing yeah. like that? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you mentioned oh, before that. I do a that... podcast now, too. Oh, tell, tell me. What's, yeah, what's your podcast? Um, it's called The Movies That Made Her But Not Me. And, I, and I'm doing it with um, the woman who created her. name's uh, Minna Stein. And she's also like 21 years old. I love working with these fresh creative ideas. Anyway, so yeah. it, it grew out of the fact that I would talk about movies and she'd talk about movies and we never agreed be because of generational differences. And so we thought, hey, that could be an interesting... Ah, um, yes. That could be interesting. And so, um, but here's what I came to realize because I bring up like, you know, Annie Hall or Harold and Maude, movies that I think are magnificent from... Yeah, yeah. When I was... From the 70s. Late, yeah. Yeah. Her movies that she brings forth, and the movies she's talking about, I was making movies. I think we let young women down with the movies we were making because, you know, a lot of them are like animated movies or things that um, she just saw a different kind of, just different movies that I, than what I saw when I was her age. So it's been super interesting. Yeah. The movies that made I... her, but not me. <laughs> All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check that out. I'm going to subscribe. I'm going to leave you a positive review as well. well I you. think... I mean, the the period that you were making movies and you have been making movies, like totally a lot of a lot of the period that I learned about movies, you know, the mm -hmm. movies that calibrated my brain all through the nineties. Uh, yeah, you've you were making a bunch of those movies. Yeah. So I don't yeah. I don't think you let us down at all. That was that was just oh, me well, saying thank you. Not at all. Well, thank you. <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned before. Uh, that you'd spent some time going down this sort of like influencer route, you know, like casting people on the on the merit of their of of their followers. What have you learned yeah. from that? Ah, thank you for circling back to that because I did something um, in my always rebellious. I I was so weirdly rebellious within the Hollywood scene, which I so coveted. You know, and it was a very, yep. and so I was all like, I'm going to do something new. I'm going to do something online. And so I st created this, and I knew nothing. This was way, This is just when uh, YouTube was starting. Um, it's called Big TV or Big is Good TV. And my idea was I'll fund it myself. I've got cameras. I was, I was giddy with freedom, you know. And so I started uh, watching YouTube and online. And who are these people? Um, because I had makeup, you know, tutorials. I had all those things that you would expect back then. But I did a deep dive into, you know, you go on there and there would be a hundred makeup tutorials. But why do some have a great following and others don't? Mm -hmm. 
So I started yeah. talking to those people, and I was like, what is it? What are they, what is coming across on screen that people are attaching to? So I learned a lot from someone named Candy Johnson, who was a huge, uh, uh, had huge following. Uh, I remember I found her when she had like 2,000, and now I don't know how many million. But when I watched her, she's beautiful, okay. But also, I asked her a lot, and a lot of these people, about their past. What? Because all of them say, I want to influence people. And I'd say, well, in what way? And it would yeah. always come back to a lot of times um, uh, feeling uh, bullied or feeling left out, feeling traumatized, whatever created who they were. They wanted to give a message that everything's going to be okay. That's my opinion. Uh, huh. And they did it through their tutorials, you know. And the people that could pick up a sense of, oh, she's there for me, or wellness, or he's there for me, I found those were the people that had more followers. So to me, it was how they were formed and what they really wanted to say. Because it's not like, well, I grew up because I want everyone to do a smoky eye, you know, makeup. Um, I want to connect to people, and I want to tell them, I'm okay, you'll be okay. Okay, and you, you believe that this is the through line between successful specifically makeup tutorials or is this sort of across no. the influencer back yeah. then now it's super different now it's like if okay. you can sing or do something clever you're yeah. a star that i don't understand as much i can only say speak to who had great big followings just based on hi i'm blah 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 i'm gonna do um i'm gonna teach you how to make this food i'm gonna teach you how to do this makeup i'm gonna teach you how to you know whatever yeah and so yeah. that's what I I found, yeah. But now okay. I don't right. get it. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea what makes people watch videos now. Do you have TikTok on your phone? I do not. Okay. Yeah. See, I recently got into TikTok. That, I'm a little nervous yeah. about that TikTok. That China malware is that what it is? Yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I thought about that too, and then I decided that uh, I wasn't doing anything very interesting. That. <laughs> or nothing that China would find very interesting, <laughs> but but yeah, it's a it is. Uh, if you're interested in what makes mass audiences tick, mm -hmm. it is a it's an interesting place to explore because yeah. you know you're just getting See, fed fed these videos. Fed, I exactly. I have friends that say, "Well, I go on TikTok and I'm there for hours," you know, and I find that kind of intriguing, but also frightening. Um, so. Uh, I, I'm trying to cut down on the social media because I don't want to be influenced by what's going on out there. I'd rather yeah. just have it come from within. But, um, you know, I don't know how casting directors do it now. There's so many avenues to finding people. I used to go to, like, you know, uh, the local mall and look for kids. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there they were. That's a cute kid. Um, and now you, there's the input. There are millions of imp people with input, I, it's confounding to me. That aspect of your job, I find so interesting that you just you just out there scouting for human <laughs> beings who have got these very delicate, very specific little skills. And, and you know, <laughs> could you give me any rough estimate of what percentage of the population, the general population, has the skills that you're looking for? Skills, meaning the being, or that uh, because I have found kids that are. Um, 
very charismatic and lovely and you're like you feel connected to them and they don't understand the concept of acting do you know what i mean right. so so yes that's that's the tricky part when you find someone interesting but they're just laid out they don't they don't understand i'm, I'm talking about the full part. package they look great they move great they can talk they're engaging and they can act it's, oh my god like one one in a gazillion you know it's just so it's just so few um yeah, yeah. One in a gazillion. All right, let's let's say that. <laughs> that? Let's say that you said, let's say that you said a million. Would that be about right? No. No. It's I even think less. it's rarer than that. I mean, you look at there's there's tens of thousands of people, hopefuls, actors that come into Hollywood all the time, and I feel confident that if they had all of the pieces that we're looking for in a fine actor or a movie star that they would somehow be found because you know everybody's hitting the streets looking for that talent or they're going online to find that talent so um you know if you don't make it then you probably weren't meant to see now that's interesting this i think this gets at a a much broader thing about Mm -hmm. um like the american dream is this doctrine that says that you can make it. If you believe it, you can make it. Mm-hmm. And you're saying that actually there's this much greater degree of luck. Uh, well, I don't I don't specifically believe in luck. You know, that's like, oh, that was luck. Um, I believe that, uh, that the path will <laughs> – how do you say this? Uh, okay, I, all right, I'll go with, with luck or with everything aligning. Um, there are a lot of people, and I learned this when I was doing big TV, f- trying to find hosts. There's a lot of people that feel they have something to say. <laughs> yeah. But they don't. You know, okay. you're just like, mm, you, nah, that's not, you don't really have something to say. Got it. Got it. Okay. But, but I mean, when, I, when I'm using the word luck, what I'm saying is luck, luck in the sense that you, well, first of all, you're given the, the right genetics. You know, you've got the full lips and the good cheekbones but then on top of that you're raised in a way that made you confident you know you can articulate yourself you're you're you've just got the right package and a lot of that just happens to be the family that you were born into the Mm -hmm. the place that you happen to grow up in Mm -hmm. so i think that's certainly luck Mm -hmm. um but then uh, yeah all right so so there's this other thing that you just said that i think was really interesting you're talking about how like there's enough people scouting that yeah. if you're good, you'll be found. Like cream always rises so. to the top. Yeah? I believe that. I believe that you can be found, you know, if you've got um, something interesting to say. If, you know, I just, there's a lot of casting people. There's a lot of agents. There's, yeah, I think you can, I think you can find your way. But, you know, it's not like, like I remember um, I, I was in a room with Wally Nacida when she first met Mickey Rorick. You know Mickey Rourke, yeah? Like the wrestler? I guess he's a wrestler. He was in... All right. Um, He was in a movie about wrestling. (laughs) He was a huge star back then. But when he came in the room, we were like, who's this weird guy? And and he gave a reading, which was magnificent. He got the role. And um, I said, what have you been doing? He's just like, I've been, you know, selling some stuff down in Miami. Uh, So he had no... Acting, you know, he just showed up and he had something going on. So, and he's not a beauty, you know. So not, you meet people who have charisma that or have magic that aren't always quite beautiful the way you see them. I remember when I first met yeah. Kevin Costner, he was a grip, 
and I was casting, um, oh, hell, what was it? The thing with Michelle Pfeiffer and, uh, I forget the name of it. Anyway, uh, and he came in to read with Michelle. And, um, Lady Hawk, that was the name of it. And he read, right. and he was like, you know, I'm here with my friend. And he read, and I didn't even look at Michelle. I was like, who are you? And he said, you know, Kevin. And he, to me, he didn't, I didn't think he was a handsome guy. I thought he was just like a ski, I don't know. I just, he didn't, but he had talent. And so okay. I remember that. Of course, Michelle got the job. Um, but I, and, but when he became a star, because I didn't cast him, my, Wally was the one who discovered him. Um, I, people thought he was quite beautiful on screen. I thought he's like kind of an average looking guy, but he has, you know, charisma. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't know. It's, so, so you believe that there's no, like, uh, a, this is going to sound a little crazy, but bear with me. Sure. So the story of Vincent van Gogh, right? He's sort of famous for never selling a painting, even mm -hmm. though these days he's revered as a genius. Mm -hmm. Is there, to your way of thinking, there's no sort of Vincent van Gogh equivalent walking in the streets of LA who's this undiscovered genius because there are just, it, it, the system doesn't work like that. If you're good in LA, you get found. I believe that. I do. I believe. I mean, you have to be very proactive. You have to, you know, you can't just, well, I don't know. Sometimes you're just at a party and someone's like, who are you? Um, but, yeah, you have to be proactive, get into, you know, different classes and study and make connections. But I, I believe that if you have something that's interesting, someone will find you. Am I just being silly? No, you know, no, that's, might just that's be... cause, cause for optimism for thousands of people in LA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're nearly running out of time here. I've got two more questions for you. Yes, sir. All right, so so the first is I want to know if you've uh, kept in touch with Brad Pitt. Do you, do you call him up or does he call you up for, for Christmas and he's like, hey, Lauren, I'm still famous, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, there are some people that do, like Jessica Alba will do that or what, you know. Um, uh, no, but we were neighbors for a long time, he, uh, he and I, with uh, when he was with Jan Aniston, because I lived <clears throat> three doors down from her. So we would hang out a little bit. Um, but no, mm -mm, no, because I never, I don't think I ever worked with him. I don't think I ever worked with him again. Huh. So no. But surely he's a, you know, like you're a big deal in his life. Like... Well, Maybe you, Do you know you sometimes this, like you're a catalyst. I, well, that's true. I am. That's true. That's yeah. That's my job. Um, I didn't know how to um, capitalize on that. I just, you know. And then everybody tries to claim that they, you know, whoever cast him in Thumb on Louise, they claim they found him. Do you know what I mean? So everybody wants a piece of like I found him. So I don't know. Um, I mean, yeah. I said before that he's he's like a big corporation these days. He, he is. Yeah. He really is. He's he's Brad Pitt Proprietary Limited. He, he must have, like, if he died, there'd be probably dozens of people who'd have to find a new job. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know something? That's a kind of a good idea. You know what? Maybe you've inspired me, Julian. Maybe I will send Brad my little movie, and say, finance this. I found you. All right, I'm going to do that. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, my little room going to do. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. If I was you, I would have done that for every movie for years. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, my brain just didn't think like that. It's so, it's bizarre. 
Huh. What's your You're other question? A, okay, my other my other question is this. All right. So so you made it in Hollywood, right? Mm-hmm. You you came from <laughs> Pennsylvania, you went to mm-hmm. California, you mm-hmm. made it. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but you're in the business of helping other people make it. Mm-hmm. So tell me, tell me what you know about making it. And 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 this doesn't necessarily mean just just around movies. Maybe this is in life. Like what do you know about making it in life? What do I know about that? Um a couple of things. Um persistence. That's really desire and then persistence. I think it's super important. Now, again, let me, before I go into that, it's a different world now uh, as far as you can, how you can make a living. And so I, I can only speak for, well, yeah, I guess this is for everybody. I think it's important to know what makes you happy. And that's like you take a quiet time and you figure out inside you what what's your purpose. What, do you, what makes you happy? Is it, you know, so when you can figure that out. Um, and if you have a goal, it's fine to... It's good to know what your goal is. You don't have to know how you're going to get there. Just keep your eyes on the goal and be persistent. Do you, do you know what I mean? Because like you will get there. Yeah. You may not know how. Because you know, I showed up and I was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna mm, be something." You know, and I went into casting cars. and all these. <laughs> and I and I yeah. And you just kind of say, "I'll take this job. I'll take this job, and I'll learn." Because I really didn't know what area I wanted to be in, but I was very very persistent. You know, you just get fired a lot and blamed for a lot of stuff and you know you, you get no 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 I mean actors they they get well as a producer you get 40 50 no's and then you get one little yes you know and so you keep going until you get that also it's important if you get a no what was it about do you know what I mean right. is it something that really matters is it just like it wasn't the right fit and also if you don't get whatever you get this job you think it's going to change my life it won't change your life if you don't get it. Do you know what I mean? Because you never had it. You just keep on going. Do you know what I mean? Each thing, okay. each audition, each interview is an opportunity to meet someone. If you think of it on that level, it won't freak you out. Do you know I what really I mean? I like that. Yeah. People come yeah, yeah. in and they meet you and they're terrified. And as a casting director, it's your job to make them feel comfortable, you know, so they can um, give you what they have to offer, you know. So persistence. Desire. I love that. Yeah. And desire. I, d- I really like that. Okay. Well, Lauren, this has been an absolute pleasure. Really. Oh, thank you too. so much for your time. My pleasure. Hey, just a reminder to check out Lauren's podcast. It's called The Movies That Made Her, But Not Me. And I've been listening since we recorded this interview, and it's funny and it's insightful, and you should absolutely check it out. And hey, if you've enjoyed this show, my show, what it was like, then you should definitely rate it. And you can do this on Spotify and Apple. Just just look at your phone right now. Just pick it up and look at it and, and scroll down. And you'll see that there's this star system that allows you to leave a rating. And apparently, if we get lots of ratings, it'll boost the show in the rankings. And I just kind of want to try this out. So do it. I'll be eternally grateful. And if you think you've got a story that could work for what it was like, hit me up. I love to hear feedback. I'd love to hear your story ideas. I'm Julian Morgans on Instagram and Morgans Julian on Twitter. Today's episode was produced by Rachel Tuffery. It was edited and mixed by Jimmy Saunders, who also did our theme music. Our cover art is by Naomi Lee Beveridge, and this whole thing has been a super real production. Even 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.